Before we dive into the conversation, I wanted to tell you about an event that's coming up really quick that our very own Adrian is uh, training at uh, with a couple of other really powerful trainers. Uh, the, the event's called Lodgewell Presents Lodge and Learn. And if you're a business professional wanting to spend time in a super cool city with some super smart people to help solve a super challenging business or leadership problem, then this event is for you. It's in Austin, Texas, June 25th to the 27th. So coming up here really quick. Adrian is joined by Jenny Brittenbauer, who has been a guest on our podcast before. If you've listened to that episode or you know who she is, you know she is a powerful, badass founder. She founded Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. She's the she's currently the founder and CCO of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. She has so much to offer to uh, in the coaching context and the supporting and mentoring context for founders entrepreneurs and business owners. We'll also be joined by Mark Edwards, who is a part of our organization, Take New Ground, and also has an organization of his own called Founder 911. Think about this, three days packed full of powerful content from these trainers uh, and these powerful human beings. It will be you and 15 other people in a room workshopping your very own leadership and business obstacles, problems, opportunities. So if you want to be one of the select few that are part of this workshop, there's a link in the description of this episode. Go click on that link, get registered as soon as possible. Seats are limited. They're going to go fast and we can't wait to see you in Austin. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad. This week, I'm joined, as usual, by Dan and Adrian. This week, we have a guest. Sean Austin Gordon is the CEO and founder of Kiss Books. They are a album book that services photographers, but there's so much more than just an album book company. They are working to make the industry a better place for photographers to improve their businesses and their skill levels and the way that they serve their clients. This guy is so forward thinking in his product development and he's on a mission. Now this episode is a little bit different. We actually workshop something that he is challenged with in his business currently and it involves his brother, a family member. Sean showed up so vulnerable and willing to have a real conversation. We're so grateful that he was willing to do that in this context. There are so many things discovered and so many things left open at the end of this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. This is as real as it gets. And as usual, if you as a leader or your team is up against something big and need some different perspective on it, reach out to us. There's a link. We would love to hear from you. Now let's dive in with Sean. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the conversation. My name is Chad. I'm here with Dan and Adrian. As usual, gentlemen, how are you? Excellent. Very good. Very good. Good to be here. I'm just waiting for that one time that both of you say shitty. Yeah, you know what, Chad? This is the, I'm having this the worst my time. Day. Now you've changed it for me, and I feel shitty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, everybody, we have a guest today that I'm really excited to dive in with, Sean Austin Gordon. Sean is the CEO. CEO? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. CEO of Kiss Books. 
Um, and I'll, 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 he'll do a much better job at describing what kiss books is. It's it's, and, and it's so much more than what it seems to be on the surface as well, which I love depth to a brand and a product like that. So I'm excited. So excited to have you, Sean, we've been talking, your name has been flying around, uh, our little group of, of our little team since we started talking about having guests on this podcast. So uh, it's been a long time coming. Thank you so much for being here, for your generosity, for your time. If you don't mind just giving us a little introduction to you, to KISS. Um, and ultimately, because this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, we talk about leadership, the dynamics of leadership, challenges, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, would love to hear a little bit about your team and, uh, and how you relate to them. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, so I do feel called to be a leader. I feel like we all are. Every human on the planet can be a leader. And um, I think a good leader, a great leader has people that have gone before them, people that they're in it with shoulder to shoulder and people that they are leading. And so there's always a room and always a spot for every human. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm married, just had 20 year anniversary. I have three kids and um, I get to lead this um, team of about 30 all over the world. About 12 or 13 are here locally in Indiana. Most of those are in the warehouse. And um, then I have my, my team all over from customer support to dev to um, my executive team is in Atlanta and in Wales in the UK. Um, I am the founder. It's been going almost 14 years now. And um, yeah, I'm loving it. So KISS Books, we uh, our number one at KISS is to see photographers succeed. So I get to educate. I do a lot of education. Uh, we write software for photographers and our main product where it all comes from is uh, an album. So a photo album, about 85% of that is wedding albums right now. We're getting more and more into portrait uh, photography. We work with professionals only and I'm absolutely loving it where we're at. I was a photographer for 15 years, photographed around 500 weddings, getting ready to come out of retirement to do one wedding a year with top level photographers just to keep my hands in it. And um, I stay really close to photographers. So I do all the forward facing stuff. Absolutely love it. Trying to understand more and more and learn. I think I got a grasp on leadership and then something, you know, it just feels like it falls apart. And it's uh, my wife calls it Sean time. They need me to come in and do that. It's, a, it's what they want. Um, and so I'm like a good leader has followers, a great leader multiplies leadership. And that's what I'm really trying to learn is to multiply leadership into other people. You said when you say it falls apart and you come back in, is that, does that look like an, like a, the next iteration of, of leadership for Sean and for the company? What, what do you mean when you talk about that? Yeah, it's just a section that is like, let's say like recently it was the warehouse at a um, transferring leadership there, somebody moving on both from our side and them wanting to as well. And when I peek under the hood, it is kind of a mess. And so it's like, how did this get to be like this? I want to free myself. I used to be just product. I was in the warehouse. I ran the warehouse. That was my thing when I owned half of it. Now I own all of it. And um, I'm going to be transferring out of the CEO seat in the next 18 months or so as well. So learning how to do that. Well, when I look in the warehouse, it's a mess, both physically, as well as like, there's just division. And it's only like 12, 13 people, like I said, but there's this team that doesn't like this about this team, or this one wants to go to this leader. And, and these people are mad at this other. And I'm like, how does it get to be this? You know, I want, and I, I talk a lot about culture and, uh, and I, I love that, but it's this constantly moving, forming culture. And so 
I want to, you know, top down leadership is what they say. And so somehow as it filtered through the warehouse struggles, you know, cause we have the warehouse and then we have development and we have like HR and finance and support and they're all, all over the world for one, but even in the physical space where the majority of my team is, there's division in there and no pride in it. And so I go in there and I transfer management and then I'm sitting down with each employee. I sat, this was like two weeks ago. I sat down with each one. I was like, you know what you do, you know, like you make a difference and it's like news to them. And I was just like, how is this not transferring? That's like not multiplying the leadership, you know? And so just learning, becoming the next level of leadership so that when I transfer it to my operations, that's one of my executive teams, uh, part of the executive team, when they transfer it, it transfers well, but it doesn't always, you know, so I'm, I, I'm good at addition right now. So I'm a good leader. I'm learning to be a great leader where I pour into my COO and then he pours into that group, which would happen to be the warehouse. So I'm spending more time at the warehouse. I don't want to be at the warehouse, mostly because I'm working so much with photographers and I want to be focused. And I feel like folks focus brings a lot of fruit, but I was so uber focused on these things that the warehouse, which is where the backbone is and like where a lot of our money comes from because it's in the product is struggling. They weren't taking pride in their work and they didn't know that they're making a difference in photographers, just like I am out there educating. Well, the book has got to show up and they know that the things that they made is helping these photographers succeed and their clients have something to look at 10 years down the road. It's like we have I was doing some numbers the other day. We have over a hundred thousand of our books out in the world. And I'm like, it's likely our stuff's getting looked at, you know, every day maybe. And I'm trying to tell photographers, like tell them set uh, these things in place where it's like, they have a tradition of sitting down before they go out to dinner to celebrate their wedding anniversary that they flip through that book and remember what it was like to look at each other that way. Cause I know this is news to a lot of people, but marriage isn't easy. 10 years down the road, you're like, I don't even really like you. Why are we celebrating this? Uh, <laughs> but on a wedding day, it's like you bought dinner for 200 of your friends. You look better than you ever did. You saw the future in each other. How do we get back to that? Cause we can just say, I'm going to do that again right now. What is it going to take for me to believe in you? What are your dreams? I want to see you grow. It's not, you know, a lot of times we're like, I wish you could, would just go get fixed. You know, it's their problem. You know, like if my spouse would just do this, if my partner would just do this, everything would be great. It's not the case. You know, we've been through so much in my marriage. I know that's not the case. At least we had to work on ourselves in order to show up the way we wanted to, you know? So yeah, trying to multiply leadership is tough. Sometimes it feels like, Oh, we're, we're grooving. Then you peek under something else. You're like, Oh, there's more work to be done there. More work to be done there. Turn the lights on in this dark closet that I've left alone for a while. Oh, that's a mess. It's time to work in this area. Uh, appreciate your vulnerability. It's uh, rare to have a leader who's so open about, you know, their process. And, and it's, I think it's one of the signs of success is anybody who's successful is always looking for what's next and how to, how to push it out. I was wondering um, for you, what's the most uncomfortable thing you face? Like right now, up, let's say in the warehouse, what is the most uncomfortable thing for you in dealing with that? Mm. Yeah, I'll get super vulnerable and I want to honor people. So if I ever get outside of that or I feel like I'm bad talking, then please hold me to that. But uh, my brother was running the warehouse. He moved here to Indiana a few years ago to get sober. Um, he was on heroin and had been on heroin for a long time. So I gave him a place to sleep and I was trying to set a place for him to show up for himself. You know, and that's what he said when he came to me. I want what you have, not your success. I want freedom and I want to not feel how I feel. I hate that I do this drug. 
because I want to escape these feelings. You seem okay with your feelings. And I was like, yeah, I still struggle with it every day, but I talked to some mentors and they came back like all mixed. It's hard to move somebody that's in that state into your home because yeah. I have kids and they could find that person who knows what, you know? So we went through worst case scenario. I was like, man, it's dark. I got the chills right now, but we said, yes. And here's the rules, you know? So we went through that, but a few years later I hadn't, you know, he was, I gave him a job and it was like this, I don't know, like it hasn't gone well with me and my dad when it comes to business and money. So I don't know how this is going to work, but I want to be next level. So maybe I can make it work. Well, about six months ago, my operations um, lead was like, you know, Brian, uh, wants me to lead him and, and to not deal with you. So you can kind of like keep family in order. The way it was filtering through was like, I wasn't for Brian or something along those lines. So when I started to transfer leadership in the last couple of weeks, um, we were letting him go and, um, you know, there was a severance there and things like that. And, and, um, it was rough because he was like, I, he basically, he's not talking to me. And, um, he's like, call me some names and, and said, I, you know, he feels this way about me and um, he doesn't want to see me until I'm dead or he's dead, you know? And I'm like, how does this happen? You know, like, I don't know how we got from being brothers and growing up in the same room to going through a lot of the same really, really dark stuff that I've shared with before from like, he was part of being molested by a similar, you know, scenario and stuff. And, and I know why, you know, when I would explain Brian, I was like, yeah, I don't know where he's at in the world when he was off doing his stuff. And I was like, he just kept going down the road that I was done going down. And it ended with not ended, but he went down the road to heroin and stuff like that. And I was like, holy smokes, how does it happen? You know? And so that's the toughest thing I'm dealing with. So in front of some of my team, my HR and stuff like that, he told me these things about me after an hour long meeting um, and all this stuff. And I'm like, cool. Like, makes me look good. I gave him a severance package. He stayed in my basement, got sober. I gave him my car. Still something mm -hmm. is, is off. Right. He's like upset with me. He doesn't want to see me again until I'm dead. I'm like, wow. Like, how do we get here? You know? What did you so, learn there? Was there anything that opened up for you in the, in the inquiry about it? Yeah. It's just been in this process. Cause he's not talking to me. He completely blocked me off everything. I sent him a text shortly after like, Hey, I still, you're still my brother. Um, I know you're upset and you said some things that were meant to hurt me. Um, but like in, instantly I was like, I, I, I get it. You're hurt. That's why you're trying to hurt me. And I, you know, I'm like, I I'm here to talk whenever no response and, um, blocked on all socials and he lives across town and stuff like that. And, uh, but I've been going to my operations person that was leading him like, Hey, where do we lose him? And, uh, where, where did like, why did he say I got what I wanted? He said, you got what you wanted. And then he went into this thing and I was like, what do you mean? I got what I wanted. Um, and for him to be leaving and stuff. And so it's, it's like, I've, there's so much to learn with this. I had a meeting with the team today. That's now leading my, my HR person, um, as well as um, the, the manager that's down there. It's been down there for a long time. It's like, this is what's going on. And this is what's going on. There's a lot of operation stuff that were like not done super well or whatnot. Um, and so it's like, cool. Like, I get it. Um, I knew what I was getting into somewhat because he's a lot like my dad. And mm -hmm. so they lead a specific way. It's like, it's kind of like um, a little bit like machismo. Like I'm the boss. You do exactly what I say. I'm the dictator in, in some ways. And even when we, I went to another apex, I took Brian and my dad and it's like, he was staying at a camper next to me or whatnot, but he was like, oh, this is what happens when I leave the warehouse. You know, it's like, it falls apart. And I was like, see, 
there's something that's not right there. Like, why, why is it like that? Why does it feel that way? Cause I want him to be able to go on vacation and, and enjoy time with his family. But I just remember growing up, we'd be heading out on a trip and my dad gets a page or phone call or whatever it was at the time, the device. And he'd have to turn around and then my mom would get in the driver's seat and we'd leave dad in the, in the dust. And we'd head up to grandma and grandpa's or to Yosemite or whatever we were going with. And I was just like, I know I don't want that because I hate how I feel right now um, as a kid, you know, having not dad around and then like, it's a long ways from orange County to Sacramento for heading to grandma's we're halfway. We got to turn back around. Mom gets in the car. So it like makes it twice as long, you know? So I'm just like, I hear stuff like I, I wouldn't run the company the way you do from my dad or from my brother and stuff. And it's like, oh, I'm good with that. Like, okay, like that's fine. Things are going good. So that I'm grateful for how I'm running it for the most part, but always willing to learn. So there's so much for me to unpack and that's the newest thing. Yeah. That it's like, I'm just going to keep digging it. and being like, how do, how do I do that? Not, you know, my wife and I are like, okay, no one's going to be in the basement for a while. Cause we had our sister in the basement since then. And it didn't go as well as I wanted it to as well. And so it's like, okay, we're going to take a break from that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but what else is there? You know, no more, no, we're, we're going to sell the business at some point, not give it to the kids. If we want to pass on something to the kids, it's going to be real estate or something that just is its own thing. It's like, just, I don't know how to do business with my family very well. And I get jealous of the people like, Oh, I'm in business with my brother. He's my best friend and all this stuff. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Cause I can't, I can't make it work, you know? And um, there's a lot to learn there and who knows? It's like, we were raised under the same roof, but we're three very different people. I have an older brother as well. It's like no business, no financial stuff, no any of that. Like my other brother and I were looking at boats and stuff. And he's like, if we just bought one together, we could get this. I'm like, Nope, no way like out in a second. We're just not, no dollars are going either way. You pay for yours. I'm paying for mine. We're good to go. We don't need to talk about it. You know, let's just uh, show up and enjoy each other in the backyard or on the lake or whatever, but no money. Uh, just it's hard for me. And I'm, I'm not sure there's a lot to learn there. You know, Yeah. how do you, uh, Sean, how, how do you purposely be with your team through something like this? You know, this, mm -hmm. is, this is a lot for you. It's personal. It's, it's business. It's everything. Obviously everything crosses over all lines, but um, now you have an opportunity to show up for your team in a way that uh, can be remarkable. And I'm wondering how you think about that. Yeah, it was interesting because uh, the person that is um, part of the leadership down at the warehouse was right there. They were the one having this because I gave them a contract like I'll give you the severance, but I do need you to sign off on some of this stuff like pretty standard protocol on some levels, but it's like a non-compete. Don't um, trash talk the company. It was like nine pages of legal garbage, you know, or not garbage, but you know what I mean? It's just legal terms. That's hard to read sometimes, but he heard my brother and so did my a lot of my support team was sitting right there as well and he heard him light me up you know and I just like let him go out the door and I turned around and so like so are you ready for lunch you know like because him and I were heading to lunch you know and he's like are you okay and I was like I'm good um you know there's a lot there and there's a lot of I'll mourn the loss of that and um, there's a lot to learn I'm so sorry that you had to hear that and he's like yeah I was like acting like I was doing something but I clearly heard it I mean he was super close like right there he shook his hand and then turned around and said, and for you, you know, and I was right there. And so I'm like, sorry, you had to hear that, but um, sorry that the place is where it's at and that I've let it get to that. And so they're watching me and 
Um, I was like, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to honor Brian. Like I want the best for him and he's already got a job. I know a couple things about him. I'm like, good, like go do your thing. Time, time doesn't solely heal stuff, but it does that, that gap does help when we come back to the table of like, okay, we've had some time. You can continue to make up this story and I'll continue to make up a story. There's actual truth out there somewhere. Neither of us may have it. One of us may have it. Who knows? So I've just been open with them. Like, great. How can we um, get this place in a, in a good place? What would you need from me? How, how can I help set the atmosphere here? Do you need the temperature a certain way to look away? You know, like I want pride back in there. I can meet with them individually. So we've gone through some of that stuff. What I do know is when I show up, I can cause movement good and good and not good. Right. Like, um, they're expecting me to show up. So I'm going to show up and I know one way, uh, to help things or to like even move the ball that needs to be moved is like through hustle is through a lot of those things. And for me, I hustle with purpose and for a season, I'm not like hustle and grind. And that's the only way to success. It's like hustle for a season and with purpose. And so they know I'm in there. I don't like being there. Um, I just struggle being there. Cause when I see a, a machine down, I'm like, I know how much that costs. And I, I just want to show up for photographers and help them, but sits on the back of this product, you know? And so I'm showing up, I'm doing the hard stuff. And I'm like, also like, cool. I am the leader of this company. I understand that. Um, and I'm not always, I don't have all the answers. So help me create this culture. I want to create it with you because I asked them a few years ago when I bought out my business partner, like, do you think I have all the answers? And they, all of them, it was my development leader, my marketing leader. Um, a lot of people, like four people that have been with me close to a decade sat there and said, yes, we think you have all the answers. And I was like, we're in trouble. If you think I have all the answers, I'm going to have a lot of the answers, but I'm going to get some wrong and I'm going to need help in a lot of areas, you know? And so we're trying to evolve from that to where I'm not, I get to be the visionary. I don't have all the answers, but I need, again, I need leadership around me. I don't need yes people. Let's debate and fight for our number one, which is to see photographers succeed. So through all that, it's like, it's just difficult, you know, and I got to make sure I'm getting good sleep and taking care of myself and not like checking out. I know like in the past, I know where I would have headed in, in times like this. And I'm like, and, and I gained a little weight since then. I know, you know, it's like partly why my back went out. I get stressed. My back goes out. I, I gain a little bit of weight. My back goes out, you know, and I'm like still up in the five o'clock hour. I want to beat the sun up every day. Uh, before it comes up, I want to be up and kind of setting myself up for success. And I do my to-do list, my to-be list. And then I head out to the gym and stuff like that. It's hard when, when things, when, when my brother says something to me or the company's not humming along, or I, you know, I'm down at the warehouse a lot. It's taking um, a lot of energy from me. I'm like, I'm tired, you know, and, um, and I still want to show up. I want to, I want my kids to see, it. I want my wife to see it. I want my team to see it, you know? So I'm just like, you know, then even the name of this podcast, like I'm showing up and I'm vulnerable. I'm like, Hey, I'm not getting it right. Clearly, uh, help me. Cause I need help. I don't have all the answers and I would love some feedback. Can I ask a couple questions? Would that be all right? Yeah. About the process with your brother. Mm -hmm. Um, what was your, was there a con, was there a complaint that kept coming up in you during, you know, during the period that he was working there that you just it would keep coming up for you around that? Uh, a complaint of mine? Yeah, of yours about the warehouse, about your brother, about just how things were operating. Not, not a regular one. I had a fear of things. And so as I transferred that to my uh, operations person, you know, 
um, he was aware of it. And, um, and then through some circumstances of the last year, it got rough, you know, with COVID and things like that. He could not, he could no longer come from Wales to the warehouse regularly and stuff like that. And so that gap made it to where he couldn't see what was going on. And so the way he has been telling me is like, well, he was telling me this and then it wasn't necessarily happening or in his head, he was like, completed. yeah, the loop between. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So because he worked for you, the operations guy, then he would talk with your brother. Yep. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, so we, we, we no longer communicated. So my complaint was like, I, I know it's like my way or the highway. And um, when we get to this place where it's like, um, I can't be away from the warehouse or, you know, I need more people and we know the numbers really well, you know, like we know that if you have 12 people at the warehouse, you can handle about 700, 800 books in the warehouse at a time. And whenever we bust that bubble, we work four tens. Um, so we add the fifth day, we know what that costs and everything lived within that. We had a, we had a good year last year. I was grateful that we were only down 2.03% through COVID, which was crazy. Cause I have some friends that like nearly lost it or were down a lot. So I was grateful for it, but I was like, we're still like pushing late books and we don't do late. Like that's just, we, we don't do that. We create margin and we over promise or under promise over deliver and all those things. So it, I know I added some heat with like launching a product and things like that, but it all worked on paper and it just wasn't transferring. So I was like, why is talk, it this way? You with your brother during that time, even though the operations guy wasn't over? Did you? Uh, did, no, yeah. no, that's definitely a gap that was hard, you know, and um, they were they, on some levels. I've said, Hey, protect me from this. Like, I don't want to go to the warehouse. Yeah. I don't want to see machines upside down. But then when the numbers start get, hot like that. I come in, I'm like, Hey, what do we need to do? And I, I mean, busy season last year, I was literally flying. I, we have another warehouse in Nebraska. So I'm flying back and forth. I was literally flying product back because FedEx wasn't promising anything. And we don't miss deadlines. I literally flew to Nebraska three times and I picked up product that needed to be covered at the other warehouse. And I, I, I have status with Delta because I fly so much. And so I'm like, I get three 70 pound bags. You can pack three 70 pound bags. I will wear these clothes I will have nothing else except for a backpack that I'm carrying on. And I literally carried seven, three 70 pound boxes, brought them back. There's some issues with those. I fly back and get more of them, come back. We got every book out. But by that point, I had already lost some of the, you know, momentum and pride from Brian and stuff. And he's just like, he knew we were out because that, that warehouse was actually looking into, um, taking over all operations. We were looking at potentially, um, putting a manager in over there and having them do it because they, they build like books for major consumer companies. And so we were going to set up the professional side and just outsource to them. You know, we're going to keep the warehouse now and, and, and stay with it. But that's what started causing the friction. You know, Brian's like, I don't trust you. When are you going to tell me about that change and all that stuff? And I was like, I was going to tell you when I thought it mattered. And I was, all, you know, my goal was to give you, I started talking to him in October and I gave him a job till July and was going to put him through the next round of education and all these things. I felt like it was, fair or more than fair as well as like if you find a job we can replace you as well no problem if you find a really good job start looking where let's polish up your resume we were trying to do all these things but somewhere in there you know you're just like yeah i'm done I mean, it's not about who's right or wrong i was just wondering like from his perspective what he mm -hmm. said is you got what you wanted right and so that i wonder what that was and, it, and maybe it was me too everything worked in the business but we didn't work or mm -hmm. maybe he had some, not that you should have, but there was maybe some expectation that didn't get vetted. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's I fair. Saw, yeah, I, I can see did. that. If he sat there and said that, I could like, cool, I can totally see that. You yeah, know, he, he, he probably doesn't transfer. Yeah. yeah. He, he probably doesn't have language for what's going on there. But yeah, I find that's a lot of times when I'm working in difficult situations like that, people are we're all trying to find language to put on what's going on. And sometimes it gets too late, right? And people just make yeah. up in, in the absence of a narrative, we just make up the narrative to make ourselves right usually. So it, it, yeah, I had people reaching out to me because they follow them on social media and they start seeing this stuff. I'm no longer you know, allowed to follow them basically, but they're like, I, like DMing me or texting me or whatnot. Like, hey, you good? And I was like, yeah, what's up? And they're like, I just see what's going on. Like, is that about you? And I was like, yep. And and so, uh, you know, just like, hey, you know, he's doing his thing. I hope he goes and finds more work. And I know, you know, he will. And he's a strong worker. He's a really, really strong worker, you know, um, and he hustles. He has the gift of gab, you know, and he sells well with that. Yeah, and sure. um, mine's different, you know, that uh, it's just, uh, and that's okay, too, you know, and it was just like, cool. In the warehouse makes sense. Let's do these things. And he did a lot of them. You know, one of the things he said was, I did everything that I said I would. And I was like, okay. Um, if that's how you see it, that's totally fine. I didn't respond to it. I just let have this thing because I was like, because we were going to give him a raise based on some things he was going to do. By the time I'm 40, he said, I want to be making this much money. I'm like, cool. So we talked to finance. We talked to my operations person. We're like, by this date, it was May of last year. Um, we need to save this much in the warehouse. And so he's like, look, I did it. And I was like, no, you didn't. Where like we, he was going to save, I think it was 15% in certain areas and stuff like that of efficiencies and a lot of things. And in, uh, in about a year from the time he turned 40, it was going to all be in place and, and flowing at that percentage, but it only saved about six or 7% at the time. So I gave him a raise based on that. Well, I already did it. I was like, but the money's not here, you know, so we can see it two different ways. That's fine. Yeah, I'm going to give you a raise based on the money that was in it's already class, in yeah. there. So it was tough. There was a lot of, we didn't see eye to eye on those and outside looking in, it's easy to say, this is the fix, you know, and it's just, there's so much more there. Oh man, it's it's so deep, but I, I just want to, I so appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to, to just vet that and to open your, you know, the struggle that you're in, because I can tell you're still in it, but, and I can tell you're, you're struggling with it in a very, it seems healthy, like you're willing to talk about, I don't see any, defense and and uh, the openness is is uh inspiring yeah worst case scenario you know i go through worst case scenario when i go into big things like that worst case scenario was like cops were probably going to be there and um you know it could have got physical and all those things and he's lifting to be in a in a competition right now and i was like he's probably stronger than me i've, I've been in a few fights and so <laughs> i think i can hold my own but i'm not i don't want to hurt him i just want to like not you know get super hurt and let's get this resolved, you know, type of a thing. But he, he brought a camera hit record and started doing that. I was like, Oh, cool. A camera's going to be here. That'll help. And, um, and it went better than the cops coming for sure. But I mean, we were almost there, you know, and then it was like literally the last 60 seconds. He said some things I was like, mm, that's gonna, we're gonna need to talk about that at some point, you know? Yeah. And I didn't feel nervous. I don't feel nervous now. I was okay with whatever was. And I was like, yeah, it's fair that you feel that way. And, um, I want to talk about it because I do still care for you and I want the best for you. I truly do. You may not believe that you can think I'm crazy, but um, it's just tough, you know, because in yeah. his mind, there's something going on there about me. That's like the same, the things that he said, it's like, Ooh, how'd you get there? Like, let's just talk about it. Maybe I am, maybe I am a piece of this and 
I treat people like this and okay, like, cool. I I'd love to learn from that in some ways. And I'm, I don't, I don't walk on water. I've not arrived. I'm going to die with my boots on. Cause man, I got so much work to do and growth, you know, and I'm good with that. So this Mark. is a learning opportunity. So uh, if you're willing to talk, I'd love to learn a bunch from you because I uh, lost you somewhere along the lines and I'm sorry for that for sure. Well, there's, there's a couple themes that, that I think are probably worth touching on. I mean, one is, um, and I hear this, I hear this a bunch around doing work with family. Um, and I think some, some people land where maybe you've landed now, which is like, ah, it's like, can't do it. Um, th- there's a, the, maybe the point here is like, there's a lot of complexity always period, period. There's complexity when, when there's like history in a relationship, there's just double, you know, the complexity. And when it, when you wear multiple hats, you know, it's like the, cause the, the kind of the, the promise of a position, right? So you're like his boss and you're his brother simultaneously. Those are two different sets of promises. Mm-hmm. And he conflated them together and, you know, had some un, had unfinished business around brother promises, big brother promises. Mm-hmm. And, you know, made this into the, you know, at least that's what I'm wondering about um, or listening to. And anyway, the, the, the sussing out or, you know, staying, I, I hear this, this is like a, what do they call it? Like a, uh, I can't think of the word, but like a harrowing tale or something like, Hey, you better keep an eye on it. Cause there's stuff brewing in the dark. You never quite know. Um, and it's like, you know, when you're dealing with and really putting an investment in a guy that is coming out of some hardcore addiction, um, you know, and I've, you know, I've been sober for coming up on five years. So, uh, you know, dealing with the, the addict lifestyle is a pretty well-known phenomenon, mm. you know, and, and not that anybody's stuck a certain way or anybody's whatever caught up in any kind of disease or whatever, but there's a certain pattern of thinking that, that is, it must be there for the level of behavior that comes with that type of living. If that wasn't too much words, but you know, like there's just, there's some patterns there in thinking, one of which is, being a you know, grandiose baby as, or as, or as we say it, like being a piece of shit, the world revolves around. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like being really down on yourself, but requiring the world to bow at you, you know, to you, mm-hmm. like, you know, going to any recovery room in America or around the world, you'll find plenty of people that don't think very lowly of themselves, but have a high set of demands, mm-hmm. you know? So, why do I bring this up here? One is like, you know, for people that are like trying to serve and really trying to give a shot to those that are, that are at least saying and wanting to turn their lives around. Um, don't do it blindly. Don't do it blindly. Um, and you know, there's uh, anyway, he needs a lot of help too. You know, and I, I didn't, I didn't hear you slandering him at all. It's just the process that he's in. I hear you loving on him and wishing, wishing you could be for him uh, and he's such, such, such out right now. So, yeah, anyway. yeah, it was interesting through the process because um, I said, I don't want to tell him about what's going on with this other warehouse. I know him enough um, that he's not going to respond well to this and I need him in. I need him. I need help to a certain point. I believe in February or March, we'll tell them and this is how it's going to go, you know, and um, and then he can choose at that point if he's upset or not, you know, and the team's like, uh, it's hard. I feel like we're being sneaky behind his back. And I was like, okay. Like they had said it enough times that I was like, I'll tell him. And so when I told them, I could just see it on his face, you know, and it was 
a couple months before when he hadn't gotten that raise that he was like, you know, I can go down the street and make more money. And I was like, please do was my response because it'll probably be better for you and me in the long run. (laughs) And he was like a little bit shocked. And then we left that meeting and my operations manager called me, uh, my director of operations called me like an hour later. He's like, Brian called me and he's like, I could go down the street and get more money. So I told him he should. And he, it pissed him off because that's what you just told him. And I was like, I know, like, yeah, I don't know what else to do. Like, I, I want to be brothers with you. I'm tired of this thing. It's just not working that well. Yeah. And so um, it just got to the point where, and there was a season where it was like, Jamie, my wife's sister moved in and she wasn't moving at the pace I wanted her as well. And then COVID hit and it was really hard for her, you know, and I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not trying to provide the same place your parents that she's a year older than I am. She's had a lot of health issues and stuff like that she moved here to kind of like step into the real world from California. And she didn't have like gnarly addictions like that, but you can tell like, there's just a lot going on mental stuff. You know, they call it mental illness. Sometimes she's on all this medication. I was like, sis, I just want you to show up for yourself. And I just got to the point where I'm like, how much longer do we have? Cause I'm done. I, I don't. And, and I was telling Jamie, we're not doing this again. I can't do this anymore. And um, I hate when I say that, cause I'm like, it makes me feel weak. Um, yet I just want to see him show up for themselves and I can't control that piece. I'm yeah. like, you want it? You want the temperature at 68? I, I got that. You want this room gray? I'll paint it gray. Um, what type of bed? Do you want it firm or soft? You want the cat down there? You want it not down there? Do you need a dog? What do you need? I want it, but they still have to show up and do the work. And when they don't in the way I want them to, I'm like, I must not be a good leader. And that could be it or part of it, but it's so hard to see that he's a six on the Enneagram and sixes are in or out, right? They're all in, but if you turn on them at all, especially if they're a little bit unhealthy or neutral, even it's like they're out and it's like, holy smokes. I hadn't seen that in a minute, you know, from him. Um, but it, it was tough. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough for a while, you know, cause my kids are like, how do I do this? You know, my son lifts with them from time to time. And he's like, can I go to his competition? I'm like, Yes. Like, absolutely. I can't, I'm probably not invited. You know, they're not coming to Easter. I invited them, but cool. Not this Easter, at least, you know? Um, and, and last Thanksgiving, they didn't come to Thanksgiving either. And I was just like that Thanksgiving was like, you know, the year before he moved here, he was at Thanksgiving for the second time, sobered up in my basement while he was here. And at Thanksgiving, we just go around and what are we grateful for? And so when I got to him, I was like, Brian, like, it's hard seeing you like this. Cause he's like a skeleton and super thin. You can tell like the drugs are just all over, you know? And I was like, ah, I just feel like you're one, a few mistakes away from, I get in a phone call and you're no longer here. And I'm not okay with that. And so I'm talking to my wife, like, what do we do? How do we help? And she's like, we, we can't fix them. We can just pray for them and um, love them. And I was like, I don't know how to love you, Brian. Um, but I want to. So I, w- I, I want you to be able to show me how to love you, you know? And then the next Thanksgiving, you know, he came out and uh, was here in my house. And then the following Thanksgiving, he wasn't at the table because he's married. And now he's mad at me. He's, things are going south with the, with the business and stuff. And I'm like, man, the business just isn't worth it. You know, I love what I do for a living. So how can we do this in a, in a way? And somewhere along the lines, it's like, just not right now, you know, it's just so tough because there's so much there. I've been an addict. He, you know, has been an addict and we are addicts, you know, forever is what the, uh, the circles say, you know, the addictive world says, you know, you're an addict forever. You know, and I was like, cool. I don't know where I stand with that, but I, I'm cool with believing it right now, but 
man, there's just so much to it. And um, I love them. I just want access to love them. And I'm missing the mark somewhere, you know, so. Well, what would, if we zoom out just a touch and think about uh, ways in which this conversation hits even more people, the, you know, as you, as you kind of, I maybe see or experience kind of, let's call that entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, if, as you see it show up on your teams or around you in the future, I mean, think with us for a minute about like, what was, what, how are you going to jump in, you know, and engage that? Cause I, I'm with you. I feel, at least I, I feel the question that you're asking, which is really kind of what did I miss or what, you know, am, you know, am I a bad leader? I say no, but some, maybe something was missing in your leadership in the moment, right? Like something was missing in your leadership. Like as you were leading, something was missing. So talk about, I know people have lots of complaints about entitlement, you know, either it's generationally or people like to peg, you know, Gen Z or whatever with entitlement. Talk about that. As you experience that with leaders, what do you think is needed? Hey, Adrian, before we go there, can I ask just uh, maybe make a quick distinction from you and Dan, you, Adrian, you used language, give somebody a shot. Uh And I was curious because I, I don't think this is, I think the circumstances and the personalities involved are unique. I don't think in a leadership role that this opportunity to quote unquote, give somebody a chance is unique. I think there are a lot of CEOs, leaderships, even if it's, or leaders, even if it's not in the business context, in the religious context or whatever, I want to give this person a shot. And I'm wondering, is there a quick, quick distinction that we can make or help me understand better the difference between maybe it's not giving them a shot. Maybe it's providing the, the atmosphere in which they can take a shot. Right. And maybe it's the giving of the shot that trips us up at times and, and keeps us from seeing things that are patterns or opportunities to dive into difficult conversations. And I don't know if I'm making sense, but it feels like there's a something to define there. Well, if I could, I was really relating to what you were talking about, Sean, and what you just said, Chad, I had an organization where, I thought I was giving a guy a shot. And um, this organization had been around a long time. We were doing very well. And it blew up very similar. This guy's like a brother to me. I didn't grow up with him, but we spent, we knew each other for 15 years or 12 years before it happened. And um, he said to me when he left that I lied to him. And I was baffled at what he meant, that I, I lied to him. But I listened to him. You know, uh, I, I, and I thought about it and it stuck with me the longest time. I said, well, if I lied to him, where might I have lied? Where might I have done exactly what he said? Not that it, you know, it's like I might have been making the right move at the time to correct it, but I had missed up until that point. What was it I was lying about? And I remember there was a period of time. That's why I asked about the complaint. I had this complaint about what he was doing and the, and the numbers weren't right because I know the numbers in my bones. And as soon as I saw it was an enrollment, right? We had a training company. And as soon as I saw the numbers shifting and he was doing all this work to bring them up and they were going down. And rather, I I remember making a show, I went to talk to him about it. He actually asked me about it in one of our meetings with our team there. And I had said, I'm 
you know, Keegan, you want me to, here's what I think. And uh, afterwards he, I told him what I thought was missing. Afterwards he said I embarrassed him and that he didn't want me to do that anymore. And in my mind, I remember thinking to myself, well, shit, okay, good. Basically, screw you. I won't, I'll just shut up. I, I remember just kind of in my mind, like, okay, you don't want to hear from me. And in the next year, it just caved. And when, when it was time for him to leave, he said, I lied. And what I, I did lie because I was pretending like I was on his team when I had, I was uncertain about what he was up to and I was unwilling. And he was acting very entitled that whole year. And all I, and I didn't want to just go, okay, good. Tell me about how you felt embarrassed or how I betrayed you when I brought this up, when you asked me to tell, how can I better talk about it? Cause it's something I, I got off of bringing what I knew was wanted and needed because I didn't want to disturb the relationship. And if I, I realized that if I would, in my mind, if I would have not lied, cause he's right, I could see how I lied to him by withholding that and actually had the conversation and held into it. I wonder what, I don't think I would have paid the price I did a year later. And, and neither would he, and neither would the, the team. And I realized that, you know, my motives were hidden to me until I had that reflection and were very complex, you know, and I, you know, and I was kind of in the place where you were, it's a lot to unpack. I mean, this is something that, you know, I really just admire your openness because that openness is going to, I believe, because I'm a man of faith, I, I believe God will reveal if you're open and I can see you're open and then that love will get restored. I really believe that if you'll continue to ask those questions, but it worked for me. And now I, I, I all my animosity, fear, anger, resentment towards this guy disappeared and nothing but love and respect. And I can see what he was saying. Right. And it was, there, and I was just asking the question, where was that true? But, you know, the, I think every leader comes up against these kinds of situations and rarely does anybody ever get to talk like this to just vet them and see what would open up because it's such a rewarding process in the long run, mm -hmm. even though it feels like you're getting squeezed through the eye of a needle, you know, it's like, <laughs> like some toothpaste yeah. going out of a tube. Yeah. They even just talking about it, it's really helping me, you know, like the word entitlement, my, the hair on the back of my neck stands up when I hear entitlement. And it's probably because I don't like where I'm entitled, you know, but I've seen it. And as you're sharing these things about like lying and things like that, I just started to go back through because I like went back through instantly. I know I'm going to get closed out of his life or I feel like I'm going to us. So I went back and I screenshot stuff that he had said that was good, you know, so I'm like, oh, my brother and, and he's done this for me. And I just screenshot and I have four or five posts that he made, with, whether it's from Thanksgiving dinner to and you could see him change in it. He's from skeleton to like. Now you can see the lights come back on in his eyes. And I'm like, I get to be, I get to sit front row at least in doing this, you know, even though I didn't have any, he was the one showing up for himself. Right. And so I was like, when did this start to go as you're, as you're talking about this and you're sharing about entitlement, I was like, cool. I felt like he was entitled. And then he said, I would not run the company the way that, that you do. And then the next comment that I get is from my operations person and it's Brian asking Jake to just be his boss. Cause that's how it works in the, in the flow chart as well. It's like, I'm the visionary. He's, you know, my operations guy is the integrator and Brian is a manager under that. And so I'm like, cool, go ahead, you know, but I'm like, so Brian asks to not have access to me anymore. My, my COO is like, I'll be the one to lead him. And he's not in a place he's young as well. And I'm like, I quit showing up. 
Like that's, that's rough, you know? And I just said, cool, that's what you want. That's what you get. I tell you what, if I did that with one of my kids, they probably end up hurt, you know, at certain ages and stuff like that. Like you want to just go and have your own curfew. And then like, this is an 11 year old clearly, or something like that. A young person, like you want to not wear a helmet and have your own curfew and eat whatever you want. It's probably not going to go well. Right. Brian is, is an adult, but coming off of addiction, I've been there. You don't always make, you know, they say, don't make big decisions within a year. Don't get in a relationship. Don't do these things. There's certain rules that they're just saying like, please don't. And they say a year because they know addicts are all in and stuff like that. So it's like, it would be really cool if it was three years, but it would, you know, a year, if we could just get a year, at least there's some space or whatnot. And so I'm like, I just gave him what he wanted. And he's not a child. Um, maybe that's why I did, but I was like, in my mind, he was entitled. And I was like, Brian, you don't owe me anything. Um, you know, I did this and this, you know, I gave you a space, I gave you my car and you drove it around all Indiana to, to go to these meetings and I'm good. Like I am good. There's the entitlement because I figured, well, if he's entitled, how am I entitled? Mm-hmm. I was entitled by, I'll just withdraw myself. He doesn't appreciate me. So it really is, I wasn't really giving him a shot. He had a chance. I, I provided the environment for him to take a shot that he wanted to. And I got in the way by not being who I promised to be to him. Because when he mistreated me, I was entitled to withdraw myself. That's the thing that nailed me. And, and yeah. I realized I did lie to him and I abandoned him. And I didn't realize that till hindsight, not that it, that's what wrecked everything, but that was my contribution. Right. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it's cool I, that he even saw it though. Like that's the yeah. thing is like, I'm not sure where it is until we talk again, but yeah. what was interesting about it as well was like, let's take it out of that scenario. Shortly after that, sure. just recently, I'm doing the transfer and I'm talking to this guy, his name's Charles. I've not met him before. He's worked for us since January, but I haven't been at the warehouse. And I'm like, how's it going? I don't even know you, you know? And he's like, I love the work, uh, but man, I, I'm kind of down and out. I got this going on with my mom. I got this going on with my girlfriend and I have to take the bus to work. I live here. And I'm like, and he goes, it takes me an hour and a half to get to work. And that's how I got on the bus thing. I'm like, it's not an hour and a half away. What do you mean? You're coming, you know, an hour and a half to do work. Like he's in the warehouse, he's not making a ton of money, but I was like, I probably wouldn't drive an hour and a half each way like I'm on the bus. And so if I miss this bus and I'm on this. And so he's starting late, they're doing all these things to try and make it work. Cause he's a really good work worker. So I was like, Hey, um, I'm going to, how long till you could get a car? If you showed up every day, you know, how much you're going to make, how much, how long till you can get a car. And he told me like probably two weeks, three weeks. And I was like, cool. I will get you, you here every day. Um, I'm going to have a driver show up at 5:20 AM. You will be here by six o'clock. Cause he lives 30 minutes away. It gives him a window. And I was like, but here's the deal. As if you don't show up one day, that car goes away. You are no longer getting the car, you know, because it costs a lot to have a driver show up at your house and take you, you know, like people in London do that, but they're loaded, you know, and we're not. So, <laughs> but I gave him these, it, it just put it all together. I was like, here I am trying to rescue somebody again. Why am I doing this? You know, but it's as soon as I put Matt, when Brian had rules, he had 13 rules and it was like, I could drug test you anytime. If you get a ticket in my car, I'm taking the car. If you get a ticket in my car with my kids in the car, you got to move out. You're not allowed to do that. Don't smoke in my house. Um, go to church once a week, find a church, go to recovery once a week. And there was a couple other rules in there. He did so well with all those things, right? All those things were in place. But as soon as I start backing out and there's no expectations anymore, somebody else's management at work, things start to fall apart. But with this person, with Charles, I was like, I love this guy. I want to see him succeed. I'm like pulling for him. Like you're down and out. We got this. Like, let's go. Let's break it down to this month. You'll make X amount of dollars. You can buy this $200 car. I don't care what it is. Will it get you here? 
And, but I said, as soon as you fail, I'm out like no more car. You got to get here again. And if you're late, you probably won't have a job here, you know? So he knows, and he's been there every day. I've seen him for the last two weeks show up. And I told him today, I saw him down there. I said, here's the deal. You got two more weeks. He goes, yeah, I have a meeting this weekend with like a car guy and all this stuff. And I was like, cool. Anything left $35 a day um, for me to get you here. He takes the bus home. But I was like, any of those dollars left and you get a car, I will give you that money towards your car. I want to see him succeed. Right. But we do so well with these like rules and boundaries. We know where to thrive in Brian and I, started to get this. We don't know what to expect from each yeah. other. There's entitlement there. There's no rules. He, he starts making up a story. I start making up a story. And then we're like, I hate you. You know, uh, you're this. And I, I don't want to see you till you're dead. I'm like, how do we get here? I know it's been six months, but man, that story in your head, I am a piece of that, you know, is <laughs> wild. There's so much to learn, but I just think it comes down to like entitlement bothers me for sure. Cause I'm an entitled person. I know as well. And rules. I mean, they started to just, the expectations get like this. Things start getting loose when the tracks aren't tight. You know, when it's like this, it's like, whoa, this is getting wobbly. This feels scary. We're going to get hurt. And yeah, because the are. track, and we are, we're sitting tighten, here hurt. The more you tighten that track, the more the conversations get specific, maybe. Yeah. And it's like, shh, you're on it, or I'm going to get off the right. I don't want to have to deal with you know, two inch rules, you know. Good well, stuff. we're up against the time. Sean, thank you for the pattern interrupt, brother. <laughs> <laughs> talk about an interruption that I love. This is great. I knew we would, I knew we would dive into something meaningful with you. Um, my request is to have you back on uh, maybe a little ways down the road and talk about what uh, what's developing for you, what you're learning, what's uh, what you've come to. That would be really, yeah. would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. I'd love to share. I have a lot of room for growth and um, I uh, I'm just on this journey and each day we get a choice on how we're going to show up, you know? And so, I hope I'm not recognizable when I come back on, you know, I hope it's like, cool, you've worked through some stuff. You've learned a ton. And I'm like, you know, he clearly is the problem. I know that's not the case. Um, I have so much to learn, you know, and uh, I would love to share that with you, man. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to put all the links to your socials and stuff in the description. People should definitely follow. It's fun to follow you. Um, take the stairs. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you would, you would be shocked with how many, texts, DMs, all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know this person. They're sending me videos of them taking the stairs. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> Somebody's like, Hey, you know, there's a book. Is that where you got that? I was like, no, I read the book. I was like, this is basically a book about me. Like, this guy's doing the same thing I do. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, man. Your generosity, sure your openness, your transparency. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. Yeah. It was a gift to me today, yeah. man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate Thanks, it. Brother. Thanks, brother. Right. Bye-bye everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.